And what is going on, everybody? Happy Thursday, week eight of college football. This is the Big Game Boomer Show. Uh, getting started here, getting to make some picks today with my buddy ATL Jimmy. But before we get started, let's talk about prize picks. Go check out prize picks and check out their fantasy games. They're awesome. They're fun to play. Um, you, you bet against what, what odds they have. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and you can... Use the promo code BGB and they will match whatever you whatever dollar you you deposit uh, up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit fifty, they're gonna ha- give you fifty. So you got a hundred bucks to play with. It it's fun, easy payouts, and you gotta go check it out. Um, so with that being said, ATL Jimmy, what's going on, man? Not too much. Crazy. It's week eight already. I know. Last I week was maybe it. the. Last week was maybe the best Saturday of college football I think I've watched in a couple of years. That, that was, was a good um, one. Yeah. Tennessee, the Tennessee game. I mean, the the USC-Utah game, the Oklahoma State-TCU game. I mean, they're all just so good. Yeah. Um, and it's just like this week, it kind of feels like a, a hangover. Um, I mean, the games, we've got some good games on the slate, but but nothing near as good as, as last week. Yeah. Um, Could be a letdown spot for us, too. So you got to stay sharp. Yeah, yeah. For Clemson? No. Are you talking about for, Clemson? No, just the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. All right, so let, let's just go ahead and start diving into these games. Um, we'll start off uh, with one of your teams, and uh, let, let's see here. So we got number 14, Syracuse, the undefeated Syracuse, 6-0, and going on the road to Clemson to play the number five team in the country. Um, they're seven and zero. Uh, Clemson is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Clemson won barely up in the dome last year, seventeen to fourteen. Oh. Um, you know, Syracuse kind of plays. Uh, they they play they play Clemson pretty tough sometimes. Clemson's won eight of the last nine meetings. I just you know I you I watched Syracuse beat NC State last week. Look good. NC State didn't have their quarterback. Devin Leary was out. That obviously had an impact on the game. Clemson beat FSU. I mean, beat them bad in the first half, kind of let them come around uh, and so where the game was not a too big of a blowout. But I just feel like the TC or excuse me, Syracuse is just overmatched in, in this game, um, especially with it being down in Clemson. I know it's an, a noon kick. Uh, Memorial Stadium will be very quiet. Uh, won't be too intimidating of a of a game day atmosphere, um, but I just I, I think they're out they're outmanned here. So what do you think? Well, Death Valley will not you will not be able to hear Syracuse's fight song in it. I promise you that it, just because it's an early kickoff. T- no, I can tell you right now it's it will not the game the South Carolina Texas A and M game that Saturday night Williams Bryce Stadium will be much louder than this game at well, yeah uh, it's at a Saturday night game versus noon game. Of course it's gonna and it's and. It will, it will not be like the Death Valley Junior, which you almost called Clemson Death Valley and then stopped yourself. But um, LSU no, is Death Valley, as far as I know. I think I think Clemson, last week was really the first week where DJ looked, he looked, his stats matched how he played. He finally looked sharp and was making plays and was using his big arm, his big strength. And Will Shipley is one of my favorite players in the country to watch. He runs. I've never seen a player get so north and south so fast. He's their best wide receiver. And yeah, I mean, just get him the ball in any way. And you can tell just his, he's just a bulldog that just loves to play football. So he's fun to watch. I think I, I agree. Syracuse is under, under match. I don't think they really 13 points, just kind of have seen this. Clemson always plays at Syracuse poorly or 
Syracuse plays Clemson tough, whichever way you want to put it. But I, I think Clemson wins. 13 points is a lot, but I think I think Clemson wins. You know, it's interesting that Syracuse actually statistically has the best defense in the ACC. They're allowing 13.2 points a game, um, 268 yards uh, per game. That's first in the ACC. They've given up just 20 points just once. Um, I just feel like a lot of things have bounced their way, like mm-hmm. um, just getting lucky in that Purdue game, you know, one play in that end zone at the end of that game. Um, so I, I feel like their luck is going to run out here. Clemson's run defense is first in the ACC. They're only giving up 82 yards a game. I think Sean Tucker will have a very difficult time getting uh, some, something going there. And I just don't think Schrader can beat them through the air, uh, even though they were uh, a little vulnerable against Wake Forest. But I, I just – I got to go with Clemson. But yeah. uh, we're going up to see Syracuse play Florida State here in a couple of weeks. So it would be kind of cool if they're, if Syracuse was undefeated when, when we go up there. But I Yeah, just it would be cool with one loss. It's funny. Clemson last – the every, it's like every game this year has been closer than it looked. And the FSU game wasn't as close as it looked. Clemson played they, – they played great down in – down in Florida State. Yeah, they did. They really just kind of let let Florida State get back into it at the end. Yeah. All right. Uh, going into uh, Big Ten country, we've got the very very talented, offensive minded Iowa Hawkeyes going to Ohio State, the number two team in the country. Iowa is three and three this year. Ohio State is six and zero. Oh. Ohio State's a twenty nine point favorite uh, in this game. But if you remember last uh, last time these two teams played, they played in twenty seventeen. And Iowa beat the brakes off of Ohio State 55 to 24. Can you imagine uh like Iowa scoring 55 points like in a game t- today yeah. in 2022? I mean, they may not have scored 55 points this whole season. I, I someone needs to fact check me, but I I mean, I mean this from what I've kind of gained from from Ohio State fans and press conferences with some of the Ohio State coaches. They're pissed off about that game uh, in 2017 because it ultimately cost them a shot at the college football playoff, which my Sooners went and lost in the Rose Bowl to Georgia. But, I mean, I just don't see this game being any being close. Um, I know Iowa has a great defense, um, but you're 131st in yards per game. Um, does that, I think that's last. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just don't think that Brian Ferentz and that offense are going to be able to do anything. And I think Ohio state, like you can only as good as the defense is, you can, you can only force three and out so much. And, uh, uh, okay. Wait. So we got Austin Hayes saying they've scored 47 points this season. So, so in 2017, Iowa scored more points against Ohio state than they have in this entire season. Thank you, Austin. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that Iowa's defense will just get run down here. Um, they've only allowed six touchdowns all season. I mean, they're, they're great, uh, great defense. If I'm Phil Parker, that defensive coordinator, I'm starting to look somewhere else because you're yeah. carrying all the weight. Um, you know, Ferentz with, with his son being the offensive coordinator, and it's just an absolute train wreck. Uh, I just, I, I think this gets ugly. Um, and I don't see any. I don't see any possible scenario here that Iowa comes close. Right. I, I yeah. The only interesting thing I I've seen about this game, I think Ohio State rolls, but Ohio State's favored by thirty points, and the over under set at forty nine and a half, 
which I, I mean, do you, do you think is can so they're basically saying Vegas is? I mean, that's just kind of a Vegas is basically thinking that I was going to score what two touchdowns? So they might score two touchdowns. I mean, they were able to score late against Michigan. I just, I mean, Spencer Petrus, my God, the fact that that they don't have the guts to put in uh, that Padilla kid to just give him a chance to do something. Uh, I mean, it, it's mind boggling that offense and what, what oh. has, what's going on. I mean, it's the, it's the perfect uh, example of nepotism and why yeah. a lot of people hate it because he would not have a job right now. If his dad was not the coach uh, of the, of the Hawkeyes. And he's so. giving him more power, giving him, putting him in charge of the quarterbacks too. And yeah. I mean, I think I really think if this kind of goes the way I think it will for Iowa, where they may not loot, win a game for another seat for for the rest of the year, I could see Ferentz finally just stepping down because he doesn't want to deal with the pressure of having to fire his son. Right. Um. So, she lost. yeah, he said he said Bama lost with more points. Wow, Bama scored more points this weekend and lost. Than- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, a lot of good jokes out there for for the Iowa. Hawkeyes, but they're a good fan base. I, I feel bad for them because they've got their hands tied behind their back and just it, it's fr- it's got to be frustrating. Yeah. Um. All right. A little group of five game here going uh, down to Dallas. We got uh, number 21, the Cincinnati Bearcats going to SMU three and three SMU Mustangs. Cincinnati's five and one with that one loss to Arkansas. Cincinnati won 48 to 14 last year. Uh, you know, huge win. This is obviously a different Cincinnati team they've won four of the last five against smu um you know since since he's coming off a bye week the week before that they really struggled against south florida on the road or excuse me at home um you you know smu like they they got they got gashed against uh against ucf and navy on the ground um they gave up 372 yards against navy that was on that friday night game last week but I, I mean, I put this game on here because I think it could be interesting. Um, really, if Tanner Mordecai, if he can will his team to victory, but I just don't. I, I don't know if since if SMU has enough firepower to stop Cincinnati because they are a pretty physical team and they can run the ball, they can throw the ball. I I, I like. I'm leaning towards the Bearcats here. They're a three point favorite. Yeah, that's kind of what I found interesting is that they're only a three point favorite. I think they all around are a better team. They lost a tough game to Arkansas week one. And since then I've struggled a little bit, but also, I mean, they haven't lost. So, um, but SMU's defense just, I mean, they're, they're letting up what I think over 400 yards a game allowing, I, I just, I mean, they're not playing winning football. I think Cincinnati rolls, but the only thing that does kind of make it smell like a little fishy is just that Vegas only thinks three points. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Vegas respects SMU's offense mm-hmm. um, and probably doesn't respect Cincinnati's offense as much. I just think that that SMU, like, I just they're going to get gashed in the run game. Charles McClelland is going to have a field day. He had 179 yards and two touchdowns against South Florida, so I think he'll do good uh, in, in this game. And uh, I, I think Cincinnati should cover here, unless there's something fishy I don't know about. Um, so we like Cincinnati. So we've agreed on three picks so far. Yeah, it's all right. Fun. Um, all right. So going into Big Twelve country, um, this is homecoming at in Waco for Baylor. Kansas is coming off two losses in a row. They're five and two now, and uh, Baylor's three and three after losing to uh, to to West Virginia up in Morgantown, which they've never won up there. Um, Baylor 
kicked Kansas's butt last year, 45 uh, to seven. They've won 10 in a row against Kansas. Um, you know, th- this game's interesting to me because I- I'm not sure if Blake Shapin is going to play for, for Baylor. I-, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So then you've got Kyron Jones who came and he looked all right against West Virginia. Um, Lonnie Phelps, Kansas's big time, uh, linebacker that really makes all the plays, um, leader in sacks. He's going to be back. Jalen Daniels is not, not playing. So Devin Neal is, is the guy I, I I'm leaning towards Kansas on this just because I think that their offense is good enough to score points on this Baylor defense and, and win in a potential shootout against Baylor. Who are you leaning with? I'm kind of the opposite. It is definitely a toss-up. I think it's going to be a shootout. Both defenses can give up the big play. But I think just just without Daniels, Kansas is starting to look like Kansas. But he looked good. But but like but Bean looked – or excuse me, Bean. uh, He's the running back. Devin Neal looked good against OU. I mean, they scored 42 points. Um, I think you're forgetting that that is Oklahoma. They could – yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I'm just saying they, they've lost uh, two in a row, two close games. Mm-hmm. I think that they can go in and win this. I mean, Baylor's an eight point favorite. I, I I'll be shocked if they cover. Yeah, um, Kansas is America's team, aren't they? Undefeated against the spread still. Uh, I think America's team is now between Illinois and Syracuse. I think losing two in a row is kind of lost, kind of the luck. Yeah, but they've covered. But yeah, I think they did they push one cover. I don't know. I don't know what they've done uh, spread wise, but, but, but I'm, I'm going with the Kansas Jayhawks. I I think that they get this one. I just think Baylor is very behind on skill position players. They missed those running backs and receivers from last year. And if Shapin doesn't play, it's going, I I, I think it's going to be trouble. Yeah. I'm going with Baylor. I just, I think Kansas is, like I said, just without Daniels is looks a lot more pedestrian, a lot more like Kansas. We shall see. We shall see. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, another uh, just a barn burner of a game here. There might be like 15 people at this game. We've got uh, Duke. Duke going on the road and playing Miami. Uh, Duke is four and three. Miami's three and three. Miami's a nine point favorite in this game. Um, they beat Duke last year, 47 to 10. Miami's won two straight. Um, both teams are coming. Uh, well, Duke uh, lost last week in, in a very ex- exciting game against UNC, yeah, 38 to 35. Yeah, and Miami beat a sluggish Virginia Tech team, 20 to 14. Um, th- this game, it- it's interesting to me because, like, part of me wants to pick Miami because I feel like Tyler Van Dyke, the last couple of games, he's getting more in, in a rhythm. Um, he had like 350 yards, two touchdown passes against Tech. Um, Miami's secondary is just not any good, is uh, is my concern. They've gotten gashed. And I really like Riley Leonard, the quarterback at Duke. I mean, mm-hmm. he can beat you in the air, on the ground. He's a gutsy kind of guy. Um, I, I, I think Duke can beat my, this Miami team. I, I really do because I think Miami's secondary – is is very vulnerable and i just don't think that they have the skill players at receiver or running back to to be to be a contender i mean we i thought they would be a contender but but the skill positions just are not there and tyler van dyke yes he's gotten better over the last couple weeks but he's definitely still adjusting to the new um josh gaddis system so 
I got the Dukies. Yeah, I agree with you on this too. I've not been high on Miami since the summer. And even with them, and I wasn't even this low on them. I mean, with them, they they were expecting to be 6-0 right now, fighting for an ACC championship and playoff contention. But they're 3-3. Three and three, And when you have a team like that that's put together in one summer, I mean, guys are going to start checking out pretty soon. And I think like, Duke is it. I mean, even though they lost to Georgia Tech two weeks ago, they, they got down early, fought to get it to overtime, then had a tough fought game against UNC which who I think is a solid football team. And I, I think Duke's a good football team. I like Leonard as well. I do too. I like Mike Elko. I think he's done yeah. a great job. Duke is, they're I a mean, pretty fun team to watch. And I think Miami is the exact opposite. They're just a bunch of players getting paid out the ass and just don't really care about football at this point. Yeah. They're, yeah. They, they, yeah. I, I don't think that the culture there is that good right now. No. And, and it's just 500. Yeah. You're three and three. You've got, you lost to middle Tennessee. I, I mean, uh, I, I'm going with Duke. Um, yeah, Duke. I don't know why I like saying that so much, but uh, <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, all right, so Duke, you got them there. All right, uh, going back to the Big 12, we've got West Virginia going on the road to play Texas Tech. Texas seven-point favorite here. Both teams are three and three. Um, Texas Tech won last year in Morgantown, 23 to 20. I remember West Virginia fans were livid after that game. Um, Texas actually won three in a row against West Virginia. Neil Brown is 0-3 against uh, the Red Raiders. Um, West Virginia obviously coming off that big win in Morgantown, beating Baylor 43-40. to um, Tech's coming off a bye. It sounds like Texas Tech is going to have a three-player uh, three, three quarterback rotation. It sounds like uh, Donovan Smith, Tyler Shuck, and – uh, Brim Morton, all three of them are going to get to play against West Virginia. So if you're a defensive coordinator um, preparing for that, you're probably like, God dang it, this sucks. Um, I think JT Daniels has done a pretty good job. It's funny with him. It's like there's some plays where I see him and I'm like, this guy's a five-star quarterback. Like he's definitely there. But then I'm like, you see another play and you're like, oh, well, I can, I can get now why he was benched at Georgia and <laughs> You know, things didn't work out. So you just don't know what type of JT Daniels you're going to get to to show up here. Um, I don't know. Who, who are you leaning with to, in this game? It's funny. Both teams are three and three, but it's a very different three and three. Texas Tech plays everyone close. And they've, I mean, they, I think there's a solid football team that just isn't quite good enough to win some of those games. And I don't think West Virginia is very good. I think Texas Tech definitely – I think Texas Tech wins this game pretty easily. I think they probably covered the six-and-a-half spread. Yeah, I don't know. Both teams are just accustomed to playing close games. Right. Um, so, you know, I was really impressed with Tony Mathis Jr. Um, last week against Baylor. I mean, he had a great game on the ground. Um, I think with Tech, you just got to get try and get something going on the ground with Sir Roger right. Thompson and, and Ta- uh, Tosh Brooks. Got to get them the ball. Even if you're hitting them with you know three-yard flat routes, got to do something to get those guys involved. They're too talented, and I don't think they've touched the ball enough as they should. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Tech here. I, I like Joey McGuire at home. The guy, he's a magician with just all of his crazy play calls and onside kicks and going for it on fourth down. I think that that will be enough to beat West Virginia because um, this West Virginia team, they're 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 uh, kind of bad. I mean, middle of the road, maybe less than middle like of the JT, road. I mean, they they almost embody JT Daniels. They they can look good at times, but 
they, I mean, they just, then sometimes they just don't really have it. And that's kind of how it just goes at quarterback form as well. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua in the chat says, I agree very much. I think Texas tech wins this one. Yeah. All right. Raider, Raider red. Or they say pistol pistols firing or it's guns up. I think pistols firing yeah. is, is uh Oklahoma state. I know they get mad about that. All right. Going into sec country. This is the 2:30 CBS game. We've got number seven Ole Miss going into the real Death Valley. Uh, LSU. Ole Miss is seven and seven and zero, oh, and they uh, really just—I mean—they're seven and zero oh because they really haven't played anybody yet. And uh, LSU five and two, coming off a big win against Florida. Uh, the offense finally came to life. Beat the Gators forty-five to thirty-five in the swamp. Um, Ole Miss beat Auburn last week, 48 to 34. They were up early and kind of just took their foot off the gas and let Auburn kind of get back into that game, um, which I didn't like to see. I just feel like, and, and LSU is not ranked and they're a two point favorite at home, um, which is interesting because I think that people like me and people that are betting on this game still think that Ole Miss has not been tested yet. Um, can Jackson Dart be a big difference maker? I feel like in that Kentucky game, Kentucky lost that game more than Ole Miss won it with yeah. Levis and his turnovers. Um, I just don't I, like, I think if, if this game gets close and Jackson Dart has to drive down the field and score a game winning touchdown or get them in field position, I don't think he can do it. They rely so much on that run game. And, um, you know, LSU has an okay front seven. Um, I, I just, God, I, I want to say Ole Miss, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards LSU here. I just think that Ole Miss gave up 300 rushing yards against Auburn. Um, I think Jaden Daniels is going to get free a lot and, and kind of tear them up, uh, if they don't have a spy on him. And, uh, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Ole Miss or excuse me. L, I'm leaning towards LSU. So who are you going with? I don't know. It's a, it's a, 3.30, 2.30 Central kickoff. Is that enough time to get LSU fans into the stadium? I mean, are, are we going to hear hotty toddy again? I think Ole Miss comes in and beats a poor LSU team, and I think you probably will hear Ole Miss chanting hotty toddy all game, and you'll see LSU fans trying to justify it on Twitter, saying, oh, of course they are. They're losing, or it's a too early of a game. And, uh, no, I think Ole Miss goes into Death Valley Junior, and they run up the score probably on them just because – Unless you could make it close, but the only thing that would really is just Vegas is smarter than me. Them having them favored worries me a little bit, but I think it. Um, I think it's one of the games that it, it seems too easy, and it is. And I think Ole Miss rolls. But do you think Jackson Dart is good? I mean, I he's yes, he's untested. He's looked solid to this point, but it, I mean, what's what's who's LSU been tested by? They. I mean, they went and played at Florida. I feel like the swamp's a pretty tough place to play. They got they got blown out by Tennessee at home. Mm -hmm. um, I just I don't think Ole Miss has been has been tested this year. I mean, I love Quinshaw Judkins. Um, what's his face? The other guy, Zach Evans. He's a good one as well. But uh, when teams are one dimensional and can run the ball, it's not as and with when you have a decent quarterback like Dart it's a lot easier to establish the run and have them be successful. I mean, I, I, I'm hard on Arkansas about it, but that's how they've had success with KJ Jefferson. If you can establish the run, you can hide your weaknesses at quarterback. And I think that's what Ole Miss has done really well this year. And if they can get the ground game going, I think they'll just control the clock, control the game. Austin in the chat says, going to be a shootout. LSU going to run all over the secondary, but Ole Miss delivers with rushing offense. I like Austin. 
Hey, there, uh, you're getting a little echo in the chat. Is there something up with your speakers? Me? I'll try it. Is it better? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Hold on here, people. Little technical difficulties in ATL Jimmy's. Whoa, look at that Death Valley uh, picture in the background. You got it now? Um, yeah. Yes, sounds a lot better. Okay, there we go. All right, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, a lot of people, I think LSU somewhat underrated, only two losses, and one was a fluky. Yeah, the Florida State game was, I mean, a lot of mistakes in that game. Um, Your other loss was, well, I don't think, the the Tennessee game, you guys just got straight out butt kicked, but I'm going with LSU at home. Um, One little interesting stat here is the home team in this rivalry has won eight of the last 10 meetings. So... Home team likes to win this rivalry. And uh, so I, I'm going Tigers, even though the LSU fans down there, man, they they uh, do not like me. So um, maybe this will get them on, get me on their good side again. All right. Um, this is probably the game of the day, uh, game, game of the day on Saturday here. Game day is going to it. Josh Pate's going to it. Um, we're going out west to uh, Eugene, Oregon. Number nine, UCLA is taking on the number 10 Ducks. UCLA is six and zero. Oregon five and one. Um, Oregon's a six point favorite. Uh, if you recall, last year they played thirty four thirty one. Game day actually went to that game in the uh, Rose Bowl. Um, Oregon has won twenty one straight games in Autzen Stadium. Um, so, so that that's something to take into consideration. There, it's going to be a very loud, hostile hostile environment for UCLA. Um, UCLA has not won in Eugene since two thousand four. But UCL, this UCLA team looks impressive to me because they, they don't look like that, you know, typical finesse Pac-12 team that can sling it around, um, has good skill guys, and and are, are weak in the trenches. Um, they're physical. I mean, they bowed up against Utah, um, ran the ball down their throat with Charbonnet. I, you know, I like um, DTR. I mean, if he keeps playing like he's playing, you know, he's going to be in, in, in New York at the end of the year. Um you know, both teams are coming off a bye. Um, you know, Oregon, yes, if you remember Oregon, they were, I mean, what was it? Their first game, they got just absolutely wiped off the face of the planet against Georgia. Um, ever since then, though, the, the offensive looked good. They've been averaging 50 points a game. So Bo Nix is doing a great job. Uh, I'm leaning towards Oregon here just because it's at home. I don't think UCLA has been tested on the road. They've had one game uh, at Colorado, who, who's the worst team in the conference. So I, I'm going Ducks here. Who, who are you going with? This is one of the tougher games for me. I, I mean, just because I UCLA is a team that I kind of think is fluky, and then they just kind of keep winning, keep winning. And, I mean, I just I, – I'm, I'm leaning Oregon too, but, I mean, I, I could see myself putting a bet in on UCLA against the spread just because I – DTRs, I mean, he's 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. That's good numbers, man. That's good yeah, numbers. Yeah, Bo Nix at home is, I mean, it, it, I don't have as big of a fear as a big bad Bo coming out. So I'm, I'm going to go with Oregon, but very, very reluctantly, and it's going to be one that probably Oregon will roll, and I'm going to act like I made the right call, but uh, I, I'm going with Oregon. You know, one thing about Oregon, though, is their, their secondary has been very bad this year. They're mm-hmm. giving up 275 yards in the air per game. Um, so – if Oregon loses that game, I think it'll be because DTR has a field day. 
right. uh, throwing the ball to Jake Bobo uh, and the rest of the crew on the Bruins. So, okay, we both got Oregon. Oregon. Um, someone said, hi, said, can't wait for the Bruins to prove y'all wrong. I agree. DTR and Charbonnet are b- both bona fide star- stars. Should be a shootout. I agree with I you. It'll definitely John. be. It'll be one of those crazy just out west Pac-12. Yeah, games. that's going to be. This is going to be. I don't know what the. I think the over is like seventy-two points. Yeah. So I mean, you may want to look at uh, betting on that because there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. All right. Um, going back to Big Twelve country, we've got number twenty Texas going on the road to Stillwater play the number 11 ranked Cowboys. Um, this is one of those weird situations where the higher, the lower tank, uh, the lower ranked team is the, is a six and a half point favorite. So what does that tell you? It, it's that they think that Texas is going to win here. And, you know, I think it all has to do with Spencer Sanders and his shoulder. Um, he, he hurt his shoulder. Um, if you watch the TCU game, he really struggled down the stretch in, in the second half and in overtime really just, missed receivers couldn't hit guys i mean was throwing the ball at people's feet i mean you could tell his shoulder was really hurting him um but this is an interesting uh game here uh texas is four and eight versus osu since 2010 um you know oklahoma state obviously coming off this just uh gruesome overtime match against tcu where they lost 43 to 40 uh texas beat iowa state uh 24 21 it was a sluggish game the student section wasn't even there. They're all at ACL, which I think was a joke. Um, and but they've won. Texas has won three straight since starting two and two. So this game, like, I'm leaning towards Texas here because if Spencer Sanders is hurt at all, I, I just don't see any way for them to to compete with that offense that Texas has. I mean, because because OSU's defense is not as good as it was last year. They do lead the Big 12 in sacks with 17. So you want to try and get make Quinn Ewers uncomfortable. But, you know, I think that the secondary for OSU has really struggled against big plays. And, you know, Quinn Ewers, I, I, I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. This is his first true road test because um, the Cotton Bowl was his first, you know, it was a neutral game. So, I'm leaning towards Texas here. I think they beat Oklahoma State um, with the assumption that Spencer Spencer Sanders is not going to play. So who are you going with? I'm going with Texas as well. I think they struggled last week against Iowa State, but that's a huge letdown spot after just boat racing Oklahoma just out of the stadium. So, I mean, they were – I'm sure they were celebrating that win pretty big. So, I mean, it was – Good for them. Good for them letting them (laughs) celebrate uh, kicking OU's butt. It doesn't happen often. To, uh, to to still be able to win the kind of letdown spot against Iowa State. And Iowa State's one of those just classic teams you don't want to play after a big win. Um, and then TCU last week is a good team. Oklahoma State lost, and they'll probably still be worn out and beat up after that. Sanders, injuries like that, even if he is able to play, definitely didn't get the type of practice reps he needed, the timing-wise. So he if he is able to play, he's definitely with not a lot of practice or reps throughout the week. I think Texas – Texas wins this one pretty handily. Ewers has looked good to this point in every test he's had. So I think Texas rolls. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like Texas. Uh, Austin says in the chat, so many people are so high on Texas. I think the Cowboys come back strong after that loss. Plus it's their homecoming. Yeah. I can't remember the last time they won. They lost a homecoming game. Uh, it's been, it's been a while, but usually they schedule like Kansas or TCU or yeah. 
um, one of those teams. Um, John in the chat says, I think Oklahoma State is good, not great. They've only played one real good team. If Texas Ewers play well, I think Texas wins by a score. Sanders or no? I like it. I like it. Yep, so I'm picking Texas here. I think they beat the Pokes at home. Um, my wife is going to actually be at the game, so sh she will not be happy if that's what happens. Um, <laughs> I'll be sleeping on the couch. Yep. All right. Um, let's go to uh, Big Ten country. All right. Uh, Big Ten West. This is an interesting game for me because uh, this is so Purdue is going on the road to play Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a two and a half point favorite. They're three and four. Just lost to Michigan State. Purdue's five and two, who I picked to win the Big Ten West. Um, they beat Nebraska last week. But with playing Wisconsin for as a Purdue person, it's a, more of a psychological thing. They've lost 15 straight games to the Badgers. Um, so it, it's it's a mental thing um, that they just can't they can't get over the hump against the Badgers. They've always kind of held them back. This is the year that they've got to go into Camp Ramble and make a statement win here and say that, hey, we are the best team in the Big Ten West. And, you know, at Wisconsin, you know, take a seat. Uh, I mean, this is Purdue's moment. Um, I think Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham. I mean, that offensive, they're they're great. They'll carve up that Badger secondary. Um, they can even on the ground get you. Um, Devin Maccabee. Um, he was great last week against Nebraska. I, I, I like Purdue here. Um, and it, it's weird. I, I think that Vegas has Wisconsin as a two and a half point favorite because of the, just the history of this game and that Wisconsin's practically owned, uh, you know, has owned Purdue for over half my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> Wisconsin won 30 to 13 last year. The games really have not been that close. Wisconsin just always wins kind of easily. But I'm going with Purdue. I think they've got a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to go in there and kick some ass. What do you think? I agree. It seems like one of those things. Eventually, it's going to turn Purdue's way. And Purdue, I think Purdue's a good football team. I mean, outside the blown second half against – or I mean, they're like you said, Syracuse is a couple bounces away from a couple losses. Purdue's – if that ball bounces their way, they're 6-1 and one right now. So yeah, Their two losses are against two ranked teams because they lost yeah. to Penn State in the first game. Right. They should have won that game. That game um, was a – yeah, so they're Syracuse all bouncing their way. I mean, I think yeah. Purdue's a good football team. Wisconsin's not, or not as good. That you've got, and, and kind of that, like you said, just when a team owns someone for so long, eventually it's got to bounce the opposite team's way. I mean, you saw it with kind of Texas and uh, Oklahoma this year. It seems like oh, Alabama. It's more Alabama, Tennessee, because it was 15 years since. Yeah, 15 straight there. I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean, you get a team. I mean, and I think I think Purdue takes advantage of a down Wisconsin team and having actually more talent this year and better quarterback play. And I think they, I think they go in there and roll. Yep. I do too. Uh, I think that's one I'm going to definitely pick and uh, in, in against the spread. So yeah. Um, boiler up. Choo choo. <laughs> All right. Um, going into the sec, two teams that are coming off, uh, you know, devastating losses. We've got number 24, Mississippi state going to Tuscaloosa to play the very, very mad, Number six, Alabama Crimson Tide. Bama is a 21-point favorite in this game, um, if that shows you anything. Um, Bama won beat Mississippi State 49-9 last year. This game is traditionally not very close. Um, Bama's won 14 games in a row against Mississippi State. Both teams have come off losses. Bama's secondary was, I mean, looked like 
an OU secondary when Mike Stoops was defensive coordinator. I mean, my God, those safeties at Alabama played the worst game I've ever seen. Um, Jalen Hyatt is still running in Knoxville and he's probably all the way to Memphis by now. Um, but you know, Will Rogers, he's a great quarterback, but he doesn't really beat you by, you know, throwing the ball over the top, busting coverage with, from a safety it's more intermediate passing game. Um, and I think Bama's secondary, I think they'll be able to manage that. So I think, you know, I, I think that Bama here wins pretty easily, um, probably a blowout because I, I can tell you they're going to be very angry. I just don't see there's any way that Mississippi State wins this game. Without I, the help of the refs. It, it is a, it's a, it's a tough. I mean, just yeah, I lo- I like the way Rogers distributes the football. Alabama secondary last week looked pathetic, but like, I mean, I think you put it really well. I, they Rogers is more methodical to where it seems like Tennessee is just down the field gashing you. Yeah, and I I think if if methodical tends to be more scheme, so Rogers is able to kind of attack scheme and coverages to where Tennessee was kind of just saying we're better than you. We're going to go down the field. So I think against against Alabama with good coaching, I don't think Rodgers has quite as much success, and they do a good job of keeping everyone in front of them. But I, 21 points is a lot. I think Alabama wins because I don't – when was the last time Alabama lost back-to-back regular season games? Uh, I couldn't. The la- I mean, the last time I remember that they've lost two games in a row was the kick six year when they lost to uh, Auburn in the kick six game and then lost to OU – in the sugar bowl that year. But other than that, right. I can't, I don't, I can't remember the last time they've lost two games in a row. I mean, regular season back-to-back games. I feel bad for Mississippi state. I really right. do. I mean, so, and I think Alabama's a good football team. Tennessee's, I mean, obviously Alabama's a good football. Um, yeah. They're, they're the only ones I find are there right then, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they I probably ever have it under Nick Saban. So I, yeah. I think Alabama rolls, but 21 points is a lot when you got an offense that can kind of get the ball moving in the air like that. You know, one thing I've noticed about Bama is they never play noon games at home. They're always night games. They like, do, even even the bad teams, yeah. Something is, something's rigged here because, like, OU, literally every single game is an 11 a.m. kick. But Alabama gets these night games every every for every game. It's ridiculous. Um, Just imagine if, ten, if LSU got a night game every time, they'd be undefeated probably right now. Yeah, I mean, and they don't. I mean, OU had a night night game against Kansas State and lost. I was there. Ugh, that bad taste out of my mouth. All right, um, so we like both like Bama there. Okay, uh, Minnesota is going on the road to play Penn State, number sixteen. Penn State's a four point favorite. Uh, both teams are coming off a loss. Minnesota going to uh, Champaign, Illinois, and uh, getting beat beat up by Illinois and Brett Belima. Penn State went to Ann Arbor. Got ha, did not look prepared at all. Got ran over uh, by Michigan, <laughs> specifically Donovan Edwards and uh, Blake Corum. It was not close at all. Um, interesting. This is a wideout for Penn State, and you know the wideout. It's one of the coolest traditions in college football. I went back and checked. They're nine and eight all time in wideout games. So while it's an awesome environment, they're about five hundred in, in those games. So. Tanner Morgan, the quarterback for Minnesota, don't know if he's going to play kind of in concussion protocol. I'm going to say no, he's probably not going to play. Um, 
So they're going to rely. Minnesota is going to rely heavily on the the run game with Mo Ibrahim um, and Trey Potts. Uh, Penn State gave up 418 rushing yards against Michigan um, after being, you know, being one of the thought of better uh, rush defenses in college football. So Manny Diaz has his work cut out for him. I, I mean, I'm going with Penn State here just because I think if Tanner Morgan doesn't play. I just I, I think that you you become so one dimensional on the run game that even as good as some of those running backs are for Minnesota, I don't think they're going to be able to have the success um, when the defense is completely sold out on the run. So I don't know who are you going with. I'm going with Penn State as well, but just kind of it's a tough game to kind of gauge. I think both teams are in a similar. I would if I if I had to take a bet on the spread, I would take Minnesota plus four, just because I think it's a close game, low Minnesota, scoring game. Yeah, low scoring, a lot of running the football, but uh, just Clifford, I think he can – a close game, I think he can win it for him. So, and yeah, a close low scoring game as well. Yeah, uh, Penn State's got to be able – I mean, J- James Franklin needs to win win some big games. I, yeah. I guess this would be – I mean, Minnesota's 4-2. and two. They're a contender in the West. Um, last, last time they played was in 2019. Minnesota won 31-26. That was kind of uh, – P.J. Flex kind of coming out party. But uh, – but yeah, I, I just I, I like Penn State here. I don't see how they can lose this game if, mm-hmm. if they if if that run de- rush defense if uh, they can just stuff um, Mo Ibrahim. I mean, they're they're going to win this game. Um, it's funny. I was at the I was at the Auburn uh, Penn State game last year, which was their wideout, and at the time, I think they were five hundred. You said they're nine and eight now, so they're yeah, they're nine and eight. But you, you, some of the fans are kind of voicing it. It's a great great. I mean, the atmosphere is one of the best I've ever been in, but. I mean, the fact that you do that every year and it's supposed to be the big game, supposed to be the big win, supposed to be what the fans can do to put them over the top and they, I mean, they're 500. Well, it's because it's usually against like Ohio State or Michigan right. or, or Michigan State. It's always for the big games. So, But Penn State is not a team that should be 500 in big games at home. Yeah. Well, that's James Franklin's problem. And that's mm-hmm. another comment. By the way, did you see him whining about the Michigan tunnel entrance? Like, I did. what the hell is that all about? He just always is always something with him. He's trying trying to distract us from saying or from the fact that they got their ass kicked by Michigan, and um, it's not working, Franklin. All right, um, going to SEC country down in the deep country of or low country uh, in South Carolina. Texas A and M is going on the road to play the Gamecocks. Texas both teams had a bye last week. Texas A and M is three and three. South Carolina is four and two. Last win was against Kentucky at, at in Lexington, beating them. Texas A and is a three point favorite here. Um, a and M since they and they've made t- Texas A and M and South Carolina a rivalry in the SEC, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They've got they even got a stupid trophy for it. Um, but A and M has dominated this series. They beat the Gamecocks forty four fourteen last year. But I think this is the year that South Carolina finally. Gets over the gets over the hunch and beats uh, Texas A and M. Um, neither team has a very good offense. Um, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for Texas A and M. Whether it's because Max Johnson's out, so we're going to see Hanks, Hanks King or Connor Wagman. Um, so I, I just don't know what to expect. I think this is going to just be a low scoring SEC grinded out kind of game. Um, South Carolina has to control the turnovers. They've had two, at least two turnovers in every game. If you want to win a close game like this, 
you can't do that. So you've got to control the, the, you know, the turnover margin can't let it be, you know, way in Texas A&M's favor. They got to get uh, Jaheim Bell the ball. I think he's their best playmaker. Um, and, you know, I thought, I felt like the defense has done a pretty good job. I thought they crippled Kentucky's offense. So, and Will Levis was obviously out, but I just think in this situation here, I, I'm just, this is a team game that both teams got to have. And, Man, I'm just leaning towards towards the Gamecocks on Saturday night uh, at Williams Bryce Stadium. I, th- I think that they'll do enough to win this game. Yeah, no, I. This is another tough game. I wish I didn't even have to watch with how poor the quarterback play is going to be. <laughs> you do not like Spencer Rattler. He 15 months ago he was the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman, and he has five touchdowns and eight interceptions this year. That's I mean pathetic, and they've played a couple just cupcakes. I mean, I just don't get how you played South Carolina State. I mean, they and only has five touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's he's not very good. Whoever plays at the quarterback for Texas A&M just – I mean, you, I think you could put anyone out there in Jimbo's offense other than Jameis Winston, and they're going to be terrible. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to A&M just because all, all the offseason hype, they've got to have talent in there somewhere, and I, I, I just can't willingly pick Spencer Rattler to win a football game and sleep, lay my head at rest at night. But I think Texas A&M's offense is so bad that it, it's just, it's not going to matter. It, it's just going to come yeah. down to who can make the least amount of mistakes, uh, who wins the turnover battle. Special teams will come into play. I mean, Beamer ball is a real thing. I, it seems like every time I watch a South Carolina game, they're blocking a punt uh, or something. Yeah. So I, I like South Carolina here. And if they, if they beat Texas A&M and go up to five and two, I mean, Columbia is going to be like Nashville uh, was, or excuse me, Knoxville was like after they beat Bama, because this would be a huge win for the Gamecocks. Let's see in the chat. uh, John Cross says, I think SEC wins in the battle of trash offenses. Yes. Offenses are not good uh, between those two teams. All right. Final game on on the slate here. Uh, Night game, big 12 marquee matchup. We've got, Number 17, Kansas State, going to play number eight, TCU. TCU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite um, here. K-State won 31-12 last year. Can't really look at that, though, because it's a completely different team now. K-State has a three-game win streak against TCU. Um, K-State had a bye week last week. TCU beat Oklahoma State uh, 43-40 in double overtime. You know, this one... It's because it, both of these teams have been thorns in OU side. I, I just think that this is going to come down to TCU's air attack against K State's ground attack. Can TCU and Max Dugan beat you through the air? And can or can Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn beat you on the ground? Um, they got to force Martinez into some third and long situations. Um, They've got, uh, you know, I just, K-State is going to want to control the time of possession. I'm just leaning, I'm leaning towards, and I haven't even, I'm just trying to think, because I've seen K-State win these games so much. But my gut says TCU is going to win this. Um, Just because I think that they're more, a more balanced offense with, they've got a good running back, Kendry Miller, um, you know, K-State's more one-dimensional. I don't think they have the receivers um, that TCU does. I mean, my God, Quentin Johnson's probably going to win the Bolitnikoff. Um, So I'm going with TCU here. I'm going to pick them, and uh, 
that's my pick. Who are you going with? I'm going with TCU as well. I think Martinez has done a much better job not turning the ball over this year, but also I don't know how he hasn't, doesn't seem like he's been as productive and as electric. He hasn't, yeah, he has not thrown one interception this year. Right. Which, but I mean, he, he's averaging, I think, what, sub six, 160 yards per game. So it's not like he's moving the football downfield or it's almost just like they've taken those riskier throws out and just really kind of given the safe ones, which kind of just, but they can really run the football with Vaughn. But I think TCU, they're just a good football team. I think that stadium is going to be rocking again. And I, I, I just think this game has a TCU win all over it just to get them over the hump, 7-0, probably jump over top top seven maybe then. I mean, kind of really get a, a great season going. Yeah, I mean, I've been at war with TCU fans on Instagram. Be their third straight media. win over a ranked team, right? Yeah, and they uh, – they, They've been because I picked TCU to finish last in the Big 12 and they are letting me have it. It's uh, it's funny. I was wrong. I was wrong, TCU. So you're proving me wrong. Congrats. So I'm picking you to win this game. Um, all right. Well, that is our uh, full slate of games here. Um, appreciate you guys for for listening. Make sure if you're if you're still listening or, or you know watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a review on Apple, Spotify. We do picks like this every week. I'm going to be in Raleigh this time next week for the NC State Virginia Tech game. So probably going to need to do this from the hotel room or something, ATL Jimmy, because we can't yep. skip a week again like we did yeah. last time with the Provo. So that's all we got, y'all. Uh, have a good weekend. Have a good week eight. It's going to be a good one. We'll see you. Yep.